Dave, we've known each other. Do you want to admit how long? About yeah, seventeen yeah, yeah. years. About seven, uh, maybe more. Yeah, it's probably yeah. It's, it's seventeen years, and I I realized something very interesting. Oh God, what? That relates to this podcast about why I know you that I don't think you know. What? Why? Yes. Dun dun dun. Oh. <laughs> so we met. Let's explain why we met. Okay. Um, I auditioned for a pilot called Newton, which you had written, and it was you and Craig Silverstein, yeah. and it was Joel Silver, and it was for the UPN network. Everyone's you, favorite network. Everyone's favorite network before it turned into the CW, um, <laughs> and it was a sci-fi show slash a little comedy slash very dramatic slash um, just kind of the. It, you know, to this day, it's my favorite, one of my favorite shows I've ever done in my life. Yeah. And it was... The in p- Australia. It was, yes. it was in, We shot it in Australia because Joel Silver was the producer and he had just made the Matrix movies and he was like, you know, I think he made two pilots down there yeah. at, like to save money. Well, and they were That's, also shooting, I think, the third Matrix at that time. And maybe they were shooting yeah. the third Matrix yeah. or something. So, um, so we suddenly were um, uh, doing that and that... Uh, yeah, so that was a, a, a TV show I created with my friend Craig Silverstein, this sci-fi family dramedy thing, um, and it was, uh, yeah, it, w- it was like my I had just gotten fired, I think, from, it was the one job I ever got fired from, which was a job uh, for a nonprofit that helps children who are dying of, like, AIDS and cancer Wait, and, like... Uh, there was a boss, uh, a terrible boss, who eventually she got fired. She got for, fired. She got fired for sexual harassment. Um, oh wow! Uh, which she also sexually harassed me, but um, but I got that's fired. That's neither here nor there. That's at neither this here nor there at this moment. Uh, but she she uh, she and I did not see eye to eye. And um, and you were young. When it, you I've I've worked I've worked on game shows. I've worked on various um, like things that are considered shallow. And I've never worked at a more cutthroat, backstabbing, shallow, gross oh. place than a place that was meant to, to help, help the world, to help children who are uh, suffering from life-threatening illnesses. There, there was a lot of good things this company did, but um, this nonprofit did. But, uh, but behind the scenes, it was it was like an ugly place. <gasps> um, anyway, so I got I got let go, and then the very next day, sold this TV show to Warner Brothers, and then. A whole casting process happened, and do you know I still remember you that were, you casting? were the teenage girl. I was a teenage girl, but I still remember going into that audition. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of the only ones I remember that one, and maybe like two others. Um, and I remember that audition so specifically because I don't know. I don't think Friends was still on the air. Maybe it was. Oh, but the I think hall, it, it was, was yeah. right. But in the hallway, two thousand two. I think we shot that. It was 2002? Must have been. Yeah, it must have been. Yeah. And there were posters all over the entire hallway of all of the shows that were currently uh, Warner Brothers shows. Right. And it was like Friends and it was, maybe it was Will and Grace already, but whatever it was, it was like all of the best things that were on the air at the moment. And I was like, this is it. This is the moment. Do you know who you beat out, by the way? Chris and Bell. Chris and Bell, because yeah. I, I recently yeah. found notes. Oh, I guess I did tell you yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found notes of like, and I was like, oh, these are all the casting notes from back then. And it was like all these people who were not famous at the time. Who a- else was in there? Apparently came, ah, not not like Jessica Alba, but like people like that, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm blanking at the moment, but there's just like a lot of like names. I'm like, oh, 
Oh, she's she's yeah, like maybe a movie. that's what a buena <laughs> She's a movie star now. She's a TV star. Um, yeah, but you it, know that I tested against Kristen Bell for Veronica Mars. Oh, right, you did yeah. tell me that. Yeah, I had forgotten that. Yeah, but she, and at the time, she I think she was probably like eighteen or nineteen, and I thought, oh my god, she's so much older than me because I was like fifteen. Right, and to me, I was like, how could we possibly be going in for the same thing? She's so old, and now I look at it, and I'm like, oh my god, she was a child. Yeah, it's just so weird. Anyways, this experience was but, amazing and a lot of fun. The Newton thing. Or, yeah. or are you talking about no Newton? The, our interview's over and this experience. No, this doing... experience is really done. Like, we're really. <laughs> thank you so much for being here, Great. Dave. Like, See you it's later. been a lot of fun. Like, <laughs> cool. Mental health depression. Fantastic. Yay. See ya. So here's, here's, here's the twist you don't know. Okay. I'm nervous. Um, no, you shouldn't be nervous. Okay. So the, the, the project that you worked on, Newton. Um, absolutely came out of depression. Really? Came from a very, very, very dark period in my life. So I, I created this idea and um, brought it to Craig, who was sort of becoming a, a hot young whippersnapper writer. And now, mm-hmm. now he does shows like Turn, Washington Spies, and he's done Nikita and all these things. But um, So he and I went to high school together, and I was like, hey, I moved out here to be more of a comedy person, and nobody's offering me big chances and they're offering him and I was like what do you think of this idea it's more of a sci-fi drama thing it's kind of your camp mm-hmm. anyway so we worked out an arrangement and and wound up doing this thing together but it came out of the the premise of the show is um relevant because um premise of the show is it's a city of the future that exists that you've kind of heard about um in the way that you've heard of Nielsen families, but mm-hmm. you've never met one. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you get picked like Willy Wonka style to like go live in this town instead of like go tour the factory of, of Chocolateville. Mm-hmm. You get to go live in this futuristic town that's owned by this company that's like Google and Sony and Disney and all these things like combined. And um, they make everything. And so in the town, the idea is like you live in this paradise that's kind of like the you know, the comforts of the past and the promise of the future in exchange for one thing. And that is that every seven days you will get a package delivered to your doorstep, a green package. And in that package, there will be a product for a prototype for like a futuristic product for from tomorrow that they are they're, that their laboratories are working on. And there's there's always bugs in them. There's always kinks because it's a prototype. And so, of course, that's where, like, the drama comes in. And the family basically is is guinea pigs. Everyone who lives in this town is a town of guinea pigs. And it's – so that's kind of this – But it was also, like, a town of perfection. It was it was very much um, right. uh, the, the Truman Show right. where it was the, per- the perfect postman right. and the perfect, you know, cafe. And, like, everything sure. was, like, f- like, a fake over – I, yeah. not fake it just felt like perfect yeah and so like it was like you know under the hood it's all like Jetsons and on the exterior it's all Norman Rockwell mm-hmm. and so it's this weird retro morrow mm-hmm. was the word that I that I think we coined at the time um, of like this blending of past and present anyway so knowing that premise that really came about um, for me of think like I was in my 20s I'm now about to be 45 and I was in my 20s and I was depressed very depressed dangerously depressed um 
and um you know was exper- i was beginning a very multi-year process that was going to involve things like tick disorders and all sorts of things and um i kept thinking about i want there to be a place where things could be better hmm. and that's kind of that's what newton was so, so that was that was your ideal of uh, your idea of being a perfect home almost but it wasn't a place that was supposed to be perfect it's just a place that you pursue a better way of life that doesn't mm-hmm. mean you find that um and so that was kind of for me under the hood i mean as far as anybody who bought the show was concerned it the show was you know somewhere between jetsons and black mirror where it's just like a lot of like look at the gadgets and see what they do right but underneath all that for for me had it ever become a show um was this longing and this yearning uh for what if you know what if there was a place where i could feel better where th- where everybody who goes there has some need that they need met mm-hmm. and we'll eventually find out those needs but um you know all these people who were like hand picked to to sort of win the lottery to be here right um and so how did it feel after the result of of you guys actually making it? I mean, you guys were so young. Yeah, it's so weird to think about how young you were when I had you dark guys hair. did this. <laughs> you had dark hair. <laughs> I'm now salt and pepper. So, um, I, um, yeah, I'm glad you asked that because I had actually forgotten. Um, the most sort of dramatic moment for me was, um. Standing on set, so we shot in Australia in in, so, in this sort of remote area of like way Sydney, well yeah. into the suburbs of Sydney or something. And I remember standing on set, and there were like I don't know forty, fifty people, um, all with like jobs and things to do, all. Um, you know, and there's like food and there's like, you know, people on walkie talkies and and then there's like somebody yelling cut. And then, there, you know, there's all this like excitement. A lot of energy. Yeah, a lot of yeah. energy. And also like I'm I'm somehow all the way across the world. And. And I was very humbled by the fact that I was like this this is and I was feeling bad for reason. I won't go into too much behind the scenes stuff, but like I w- there was a lot of things I was not happy about that experience. Like I had to fly myself to what? Yeah. So that's the tip of the iceberg. But like I didn't feel like I was treated. You didn't in, in feel a w- like this was your idea. And this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't fucking for you. Honestly, I, I felt sort of nudged out of my own thing in a lot of ways, which and my, a lot of which I could also blame on me. Like I'm not I'm not pointing fingers or, or whatever, but things happened that didn't make me feel very confident in myself. Right. Some of which were my fault, and some of which were were other people's. But, um, but the point was I was not feeling very good about myself, and I remember standing on this set and just at some point taking it all in. And like remembering where I was maybe a year before, um, and I was still battling that depression, but like where I was a year before where it was like way worse. Mm -hmm. And um, 
struggling and then here I'm standing in the place. I'm literally standing in the place I wished would exist, you know, a place where things could be better. And here I was and things were, you know, the promise was right. the, was was tangible. Yeah. You know, and there's this 16, 15 year old girl, you like running on me like, hi, blah, 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 blah. You know? and, so what else is new? Yeah. And like uh, and there's all these, you know, there's people and and um, I don't know. And and actually there was a cat. There was a robot cat in that in, the, yeah. in that script. So there was a robot cat on set. Um, so, yeah, I standing in that set um, was a humbling and upsettingly satisfying experience for me. And um, I mean, I just remember trying, I I had to walk away from set and I I just like lost it and just cried (gasps) and then came back and I was like, no one has any idea that this silly sci-fi idea has come from a very dark place. Were you overwhelmed of of, like when you were crying, were you overwhelmed of happiness or just, yeah. Everything. I know that feeling. And I remember telling the, the one person I told was the actress um, who played your mother on the show, Amy Amy Peets, who maybe people know from, was it Caroline in the city or suddenly Susan? One of the two, but then she was on Mm. Other she's in. She's literally yeah. still in everything. She's still in everything. So Amy Peets, uh, who's very nice, and um, anyway, she she wound up. Um, I I told her like where the origins of this thing came from, and um, but yeah, nobody else other than Craig would have known, and so like they're like, oh, this is like a fun sci-fi yeah. show, and I'm like, eventually it will be a very sad, <laughs> heartfelt, dark <laughs> thing. But now, yes. Yes, I've tricked you all. I've tricked you all. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it came. It came from a lot of pain. So, what happened when it didn't go? Because for me, it was devastating. It's still to this day the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me that didn't go. Like in Why? regards to career, because I loved that show so much, and it was the first time oh. where I felt like someone. Um, really believed in me and I felt like oh wow I am supposed to be doing this like I'd worked all the time doing guest spots and doing all this like bullshit you know but really that felt so true to me and it felt like the first time I had I guess like a home even though it was such a short-lived period but I think it also helped because we were shooting in Australia and I was away from my real home and my mom was there you know so it still was like somewhat you know tangible of of my real home being there but it felt like this new experience of oh this is why I do this and I am meant to do this this feels right it was the first time I, I guess what I'm saying is I felt at home on a set yeah so it was really devastating for me when it didn't go because I took it so personally. I took it as myself. I was 15. I was obviously bipolar and didn't know this yet. And so it was kind of like everything was great. And after that was when everything kind of fell apart in my world. <laughs> you know, I mean, really, that's what happened. I was, you know, put on antidepressants and that was the wrong thing for me. And then like, you know, I, you know, had an attempted suicide and all these like things started getting it started crumbling, and I feel like it was this effect of something that I knew that I wanted to be doing, and then it fell off after that. So I'm not saying that's the reason why shit went down, but I'm saying no, it I, felt it, like so real and so perfect for me, and I felt content and happy 
And then, like, it was this, like, ripple effect. Like, I don't remember any casting director's names. I don't remember anyone. Dee Dee like, Bradley. And it was Dee Dee Bradley. I still think about her all the time. And I just think about, like, how incredible she was. And she was the one that brought me in for Veronica Mars. And she's the mm. one that – and, like, I know, like, whatever, Joel Silver, who knows, you know, what the real world thinks of him. And But to me, he was, like, so kind. And I felt like, oh, my God, wow, this, like – huge person that has such an influence in this world yeah. is kind to me and is complimentary of me and was for because I tested with him for Veronica Mars too it was just weird it was just this weird moment that I, I that I've never not forgotten your problems would not have um your problems have a way of catching up with you so yeah. and, and forgive me for even using the word problem your situation your condition all of that um, had the show gone, mm-hmm. um, and the pilot that eventually got edited and shot and all this stuff, it was it was okay. It was good. It, like something we something got screwed up. Who knows what? Right. But um, um, but like let's say it had, but it, it definitely had heart. And like if it had gone and it had been on for many years, right? You still. Oh, would have, have gone through thing. a lot 100%. of those things. Maybe it would have been worse because you're on this high pressure yeah. thing as a teenager, which is insane. Yeah. Or, or maybe it would have been delayed, or or who knows what. But you know, um, it that's... was inevitably going to happen. It's yeah. just the la- I think that also what it is is there was a there's a part of my life between probably like 15 to 22 ish, maybe yeah. a little bit earlier than that uh, of like 2021 that's when it really was getting settled but I don't remember a lot of that time I couldn't tell you memories of people that I dated and they say it's all just because of bipolar that I've talked to the people but but Newton specifically is the last show that I remember actually doing huh it, like in that's that really in that world, yeah. No, that's why it means like it means so much to me that you're here because it's <laughs> it's just such a weird full the creator of this moment. failed pilot. <laughs> Yay! But, but from this... from the ashes of that pilot was mortified. So the thing that I am I am if known for something and very known for. Let me tell you, it's a very huge thing. And oh, that's sweet of you. I'll tell you, ninety nine percent of this audience is going to know it. That's for sure. So I, I do this show called Mortified, where where adults read their most embarrassing childhood lyrics and diaries and whatever they wrote when they were 15 and thought they were a genius. And then they get on stage and they read that in front of total strangers. And that I, that was all percolating when I was on set for, for Newton. And I had, I basically had a year of my life where like when I got fired from, from, from the, <laughs> from, the, from the place that ostensibly did good, but like was doing shady things with money. They, um, <laughs> uh, I wound up selling several TV shows. I was all over the map. I sold like this sci-fi show called Newton. I sold like a game show to VH1. I sold a reality show about some guy that I knew. Like no. I, I sold, and it was called True Hollywood Asshole because he was a fucking dick. Amazing. We can swear, right? <laughs> yeah. Of course. Okay. So um, this is Starburns Recording Studio. Starburns Audio. Swear away. <laughs> so, um, so uh, we, yeah. So I, I wound up. Um, uh, um, selling a whole bunch of things. It was a very exciting time, and then everything went kaboom, like, which is what happens. And instead of me having the perspective to be like, "Wow, David, you're 25 or 27 or eight, I don't know what I was, but like, so, yeah. and you climbed this mountain. Cool, get keep climbing. 
I saw it as failure. Mm-hmm. And in the ashes of that failure, I was like, because um, Newton got kind of twisted to in certain ways. Um, to It got a little watered down in the, in the production process, as did pretty much all of my ideas that I wound up doing that year. Um, but Newton was the only one I, I spiritually cared about. Mm-hmm. And um, I was, was like- It was your baby. It was, it was my baby, and it was, it was something that I felt like had something to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it really came from a, a place in my heart as opposed to the game show, which came from a place in my wallet. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so or something. So um, I, I, I wound up um, wanting to do something. I, I'd found this love letter that I wrote to a girl in high school, um, meaning when I was in high school, I'm not a creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm a creep, but I'm not a creepy. So but anyway, um, so I wound up. I wrote this letter to somebody who had a crush on in high school and I found it in my twenties and I was like, Oh, look at this This is ridiculous. This letter that I wrote. And it began, uh, hello, Leslie. How was your day today? I hope that yours, by the way, I was a very pretentious kid. I hope that yours is a good one because what you are about to read may or may not add an extra color to the rainbow at day's end. No, this is what I was going to give to a girl that I did not know. In the in- How old were you? Like about the age that you were when I met you, like oh my f- god. fifteen or sixteen. Oh my god! So I never gave it <laughs> to her. I chickened sweet. out. Yeah, it's very sweet, but like she could have been the one. She could have been. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> so and by the way, she has no idea. This is the fun part. This this Leslie person has no idea. Like that. Have I you have ever contacted her. No, no. Why not? Partly because it's just fun. It's like, a fun story. I've built a. I've like people have gotten. I've I've been able to travel the world because of mortified i've like had tv shows we've had like podcasts po- podcasts stage shows in in five languages all because of leslie um we, i've done like multiple books we have a card game coming out like all these amazing things people have gotten married had babies because of mortified and this woman has no idea that is that, because of her that is because of her yeah and that's kind of fun like and she yeah, never yeah. really knew me in the first place but yeah um, it's possible you that stalked she, from afar. It's possible that she has seen Mortified on Netflix because we have a, a yeah, two yeah. things on Netflix, and um, or she maybe has even attended our show or heard our podcast. It's possible. I can't say, but and would have no idea that she created it. Oh my god! And that all these things have happened because of her. So thank you, um, Leslie. Thank you, Leslie. So um, anyway, we we. Uh, I don't remember where I was, but I'm sure it was. No, fast. we were talking. Sure it, was it was so amazing. fascinating. No, we were talking about how mortified came, oh, like yeah. from the ashes of Newton. From the ashes of Newton, yeah. And so, like, all these things were failed, and I was like, "What if I could do something for one night for a sense of mm-hmm. empowerment?" Because I felt you needed it. Yeah. Um, there were. Yeah. And so I, for one night, I just want to get on stage and 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 share this stuff. It'll just be a one night experiment, and I'll invite other people to kind of do the same. Like, what if you could make an audience? laugh think mm-hmm. cry whatever it is um which is the feel purpose something. feel something which is the purpose of art is yeah. to simulate experience so that people can think or be or be moved or whatever um and whether that's a painting or whether that's a performance whatever it is and i was like this is this will be an easy way to do it and people were like i did the show and you were actually at that show and um which is so crazy that is, i was at the first show you were at the first ever mortified show yeah. and then i've now been doing that for the span of your lifetime of when i met you i've now been doing that for 16 16 years and i got to be a part of it yeah. a month ago a month ago finally i put you in the show 16 years later oh my God. um and i and i hope that'll be on the mortified podcast soonish 
Um, that was, was so much fun. It was very fun. And um and I yeah, you you very much were a scene stealer in that. You were you were great. Oh thanks. Um, <laughs> but um so uh yeah, so I wanted to do something for sense of empowerment, like where I don't have a studio head or an executive who pops their head in for a minute and says, Hey, uh uh, Bob, uh, the head of uh, something, said that uh, all the telephones, all the props in the scene need to be uh, painted blue. And then you're like, wait, what? Why would the, right. all the props in the scene need to be painted blue? Oh, sorry. Uh, Bob said it, but uh, I'll see you later. And then like that would hap- that happens a lot in TV. Ugh, always. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was there were certain things that happened, um, th- th- yeah, that were very unfortunate for, for Newton. And um, and uh Luckily, none of them involved you, oh, um, but uh, but uh, but it was a, it was a bummer. And so I wanted to do Mortified as a way of just being really independent and just feeling if it sucks, mm-hmm. it's because of my decisions and my decisions have come from good places, um, which doesn't mean I will not make mistakes. Um, it just means that my mistakes will have all come from the right place mm-hmm. as opposed to from like from some other thing. Mm-hmm. And and if it's good, it will also come from me. And I just want to know that, like, my instincts are good. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to prove to myself. And and I did that. And people were like, when's the next one? And I'm like, next one what? And then 16 years later. Here we are. Here we are. And it's pretty bananas that not only are you guys just a live stage show, you are all over the world. You just saw it in London. That's what you were telling me. I just performed it in London. You just performed in London. You have the (laughs) podcast. You have celebrities that come on and read other people's stories and reenact because that's what I did. I didn't read my own story. I reenacted a fan fiction from a 12-year-old girl, which was Law & Order. We'll we'll bring in actors to not read somebody's diary, but we'll bring in actors to if somebody wrote a play, for instance, as a kid, that person, the author will always be on stage, but we'll bring in actors to bring the, the, the roles that they wrote to life. Um, so the star is always, and you have the mortified show on Netflix, the special. Yeah. We have a a mini series called the mortified guide and then a movie called mortified nation. My favorite is the book though. Yeah. And then we have, we have a couple books. The First the the journal that you can write in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, My Mortified Life, which yeah. sold a whopping 600 copies. It was a big, in my opinion, it was very disappointing. Um, but it's. I think it's one of the best things we've ever done. I'm going to put it on the website. My so Mortified then, Life. Yes. Maybe we can even put a discount code. And, and it's really, <laughs> it's, really um, it's available on Amazon. And one of the nice, so basically it's a guided journal filled with writing prompts that allow you to to sort of answer a question that a lot of us have, which is how similar or different am I to the, you know, kid that I was when I was mm-hmm. 15? And so we ask a lot of questions like, what's the biggest fight you got into when you were a kid? What was it about? Who was it with? How long did it last? How did it impact that relationship? And then you answer whatever it is. Then on that same, on the adjoining page, it says, what was the biggest fight you got into as an adult? Who was it with? How long did it last? How did it impact your relationship? Same question, different time in your life. And then you're asked to sort of kind of compare and contrast right. the two. And so we do that in all categories of your life. Love life, your your work ethics, mm-hmm. or whether it's like school versus career right. now, um, family life, um, all of that. And so just comparing with direct comparisons of, of, of childhood you and adult you. And it's really fun. It's really fun. It makes you remember a lot of things that I certainly didn't remember. 
You know, it's so, this is so weird. I've been trying so hard to find it, and I can't fucking find it for the life of me. But on the way to Australia for the pilot and on the way back, I couldn't, I never sleep. I'm an insomniac. And I journal, and I never journal. Never. And I journaled on both of those flights. The anticipation of the show and the aftermath. And I can't find the journal papers. But as soon as I find it, I want to come on and do the stage show and read that (laughs) journal because I think that would be the funniest shit in the entire That's amazing. Yeah. So... And we're actually coming out with so that that book didn't do the the guided journal didn't do well, um, but because I was so like into the idea of like I like engaging and yeah and asking making people, people be part of it yeah making people without me being a gateway like right. you don't need Dave Nadelberg or or the stage show to like give you permission to be on a stage right. like you could just do this at home. Everyone who got the my mortified life book said, "Oh, this is great!" I and they would never say, "I can't wait to write in this journal." They would say. I can't wait to ask this question to my husband or my best friend or whatever, these questions. And so I was like, oh. You're like, hmm. And so I I started pursuing, like, doing it as a card game. Um, And we now have one coming out. (gasps) When's uh, it coming out? Middle of 2000, uh, middle of 2020. Perfect. It, it won't, it'll, it's a, it actually wound up changing the concept a lot, but it's still like a lot of questions about your life. I think the title might be called, um, we haven't fully decided it might wind up being called it's not going to be called mortified or anything like that because it's not going to be all about embarrassment okay um but it's going to be called like i can't believe i did that or something like that okay and um it's really fun i've been writing the questions and it's been um it's a really fun party game to help you and your friends and also kind of break the ice yeah break the ice it's a good dinner party game it's a good dinner party game um and it's it can get as personal or as sort of distant as you kind of want it to be which is perfect yeah and it's all for me it's like it's kind of mortified goes back to mental health in terms of like the the importance of sharing and this game in particular Mm -hmm. um is is going to be a big part of that um because that's like the thing and that's one of the reasons I was so excited when I saw you were doing this podcast let alone ask me to be on it (laughs) um was like you know for me it's really important um for people to reflect on themselves and um you know or or you know I I beat myself up a lot Mm -hmm. and um but by saying that out loud I give a more of an awareness that allows me to recognize it when I'm doing it mm-hmm. and to recognize that's you may or may not be right that David you are a stupid worthless piece of shit in this moment. <laughs> you may or may not be right. I'm not going to argue with you about it, you know, like I'll I'll say to like the little man on my shoulder right, essentially. Right. And um but I'm at least able to acknowledge like oh this is just a th- this is a thing you often say mm. and that doesn't and so let's just acknowledge that first. Mm-hmm. And so to me that, that's that's important is just sort of bringing awareness. And so um for me art has has increasingly become about um servicing people in that way like um if I'm making if I'm doing something to make you laugh I, I kind of want it to serve uh, I want to know what that greater purpose is. Well and I think that that comes across very easily actually and I think seeing it seeing the show recently because I hadn't seen it in a while and 
being more of an observer where I was on the side of the mm-hmm. stage. I wasn't in the audience, right. but I got to see everyone and see everyone's reactions and what they liked and and what really like got them excited. And it when we were see, when I was just watching everyone, everyone felt like you know, I don't even know how to explain the feeling other than when you can just breathe and you're like <sighs> like just that feeling. Yeah. That's what I that's how I felt about the entire audience they felt content they felt relaxed they could finally be themselves and then at the end we went on stage and we did the performance and then we came back on stage because you guys do your final song right and singing the final song everyone in that audience was singing along and you just brought such joy to people Uh, and when i left there and i was waiting in the valet everyone was still laughing and smiling oh my god how great was this oh my god how awesome was this and people were going up to each other and introducing each other, like introducing themselves to each other, which doesn't happen anymore, right? Mm-hmm. No, like that's yeah. what's missing in this world is, yes, social media is great because it's connecting people together from different parts of the world. But there's everyone's looking at their phone. No one's interacting. And I feel like you have created this engagement and this like – this home, it feels like a home where people can come and escape to my, just for a few hours. I really appreciate you saying that. Um, my favorite part of every Mortified show is the part that I generally don't get to see. But it's when people are leaving mm-hmm. and I get to kind of overhear little bits of it where they're bonding with each other over, um, you know, they might say like, which one did you like? And so my ego likes hearing like, ooh, they liked the thing yeah, that I did. Right. But like, they'll be like, which story did you like in tonight's show? And they'll be like, oh, I like the girl who is obsessed with John Bon Jovi. And somebody else is like, oh, I like the guy who wrote all these love letters to blah, 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 blah. And then that spark, what I like about it is because it winds up sparking a conversation mm-hmm. where they start then, then it's no longer about the show, it's just about them. Right. Because then they're like, oh, well, I didn't like John Bon Jovi, but I love so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I love Jonathan Taylor Thomas, or I love some other, you Guilty know. of that one. <laughs> <laughs> and so they wound up, they wind, we have an episode, by the way, on the on the Mortified podcast, all about obsessions with JTT. Um, he was my life. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be excited to listen to <laughs> it's, this. It's really good. There's a, there's a diary where, there's a moment where a woman recounts, um, she was at summer camp and she got imaginary married. They had a whole, uh, to, to a, a broom dressed as JTT. Shut up. It's amazing. <gasps> yeah. Amy Kaufman, she's an LA Times journalist and and technically married to JTT, at least. In her mind. In her mind. Yeah, there was a whole ceremony and everything. <laughs> they really had like a full-out wedding. Um, so, but yeah, so um, that's my favorite part is like when people just, it's no longer about the show, it's about their lives right. and they just start talking about it. And for me, that's, that's such a, a gift and a joy and it humbles me and I love... Um, yeah, that's that's the part that I I really like. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how about this? I'm going to ask you this question. This sure. is the final question that I ask everyone, and I feel like we're kind of on that that way to to answering this, and that's why I want to sure. do it now. Um, but what makes you wake up in the morning and continue on with your life? Wow. <laughs> Can this be a long answer? It could be however you want it to be. We're going to ramble into it. Um, I don't know. Um, I was going to say that it, this is on the heels of that, and I feel like I'll, I'll wander back into the answer. My The end of every show of Mortified ends with this. Uh, it's the one thing that's sort of not funny in the show. It ends with a statement, which is, 
Um, what did we learn tonight? Well, we learned, and we do it in the podcast too, and in, in, in the Netflix stuff. Um, we learned that we are freaks and we are fragile and we all survived. And um, sometimes they've even gotten people questioning that because they said, you know, there are people who take their li- take their own lives, mm-hmm. people who woke up one day and chose didn't have a re- didn't have a reason to keep going. And because I have had those moments many times in my life, specifically, you know, around the time that you met me, mm-hmm. you know, you're a teenager in your own life, like you don't, you don't know any of that, but like that's what I was going through and still went through for, 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 you know, for a long time. And, um, that line we all survived to me is really important that cause people are like, well, can it be like we can survive? And I'm like, no, I don't care. I mean, I do care that these other people have like lost their lives, mm-hmm. but this is not a message for them. They're gone. That sucks. That's upsetting and awful. But you're here. And if I can just grab you in this moment and tell you with certainty, not that you can survive, not some fucking pep talk, but you already did it. Mm -hmm. And like I even get like you can hear it in my voice. Like I get kind of angry about it. Like I just want to shake the person because that's me talking to me. Mm -hmm. And if that is effective or helpful to other people in the in the audience fantastic if if at the most they're they're like you know what's this heavy-handed shit at the end fine um but um it was this message that i wanted i just said it one night on stage years ago and it stuck and it became a a signature and so you know for me it's just this reminder of like well it has been bad before whether it was in your head bad or like actually bad but regardless Everything that has happened, you've always survived. So whatever story you're telling yourself that like, oh, is it not going to work out? Ugh. It's like, well, okay. Mm-hmm. But unless you've been living in this like isolated bubble, like you've gone through some shit before and like somehow you've managed and it's okay. Right. And that's a really important message to me. Still, I don't think fully answers your question. No, I honestly, I'm happy but, that you got into that because I that's what always gets me. I was tearing up when when you say we are freaks, we are fragile. That whole we all survived. Yeah, that always gets me every single time, and it gets everyone in the audience. But it's just that that burst of inspiration that that we need to be like, wake the fuck up. You, We're here. We're gonna do this. We've, we've gone through one day. We're gonna do it again. Yeah, I mean, I had, I, you know, there were times in my 20s and <clears throat> 30s and, and probably, you know, I know moments in my 40s. Mm-hmm. I had a friend commit suicide a year and a half ago. And at that time, I was not feeling great mm-hmm. about something. And, um, and I had a real hard time... Um, with that and you know i i i look at that i just think about that phrase it's it's for me it's just a mantra Mm -hmm. and i guess that phrase is the thing that kind of keeps me going Mm -hmm. there we go i knew i'd want wander into it i know but it's gonna keep other people going but i hope it has already i hope for 15 years plus it has yeah 
It has. You've <clears throat> saved a lot of people's lives. It's, it's, you know, we've gotten some very nice messages from people. Um, you know, certainly a lot of people don't write us, but, but, but we've gotten very nice messages of people, like whether it's like help them come out of the closet or, or the show has helped them <clears throat> feel less alone. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a very social person mm-hmm. like you. Like I think yeah, we're, yeah. we're both very outgoing for me. I don't know what your reason is. Like I was just saying this to somebody else the other day. I said, do you know why I'm so friendly? Like, or at least outgoing, like why I have so many friends? Cause I have a lot of friends. Yeah. Um, I might be an asshole. I don't know, but like <laughs> I have a lot of friends and the reason is cause I'm a very lonely person. Yeah. yeah. I mean like an intensely, it will, the, the cup will never be full. Mm-hmm. And that, I can't say comes from a good place. No. But I just, but it took me years to sort of, um, you know, recognize that. And so this, like that message of the show and like being part of a show that's sort of more of a community. It is a community. It's super important to me. more than a show. It is a community. It's a family. So I like feeling like, okay, I got a tribe. You do. I got a tribe. You got a badass tribe. I got a badass tribe of weirdos, and um, I don't want to know anybody else. Like, I don't want to know. I don't let people in my life if they're if they're not a little weird. I had a friend the other day. I I said something about him being weird. He was like, "Well, thanks." And I was like, "Dude, the only reason in my you're in my life is because you're is weird. You're a fucking weirdo. Like, I wouldn't." I don't want to know if somebody else. Weirdos, we are just the best, and I'm going to consider myself a weirdo. Yeah. Oh, well, you're definitely a weirdo. Thanks. <laughs> rude. Rude. No. Yeah. I Honestly, yeah. I, I was so moved and so um, affected by how incredible the show was, this, this last one that I saw. It's just to see it grow so much and to see it be so um, so fun and so light and so real, and people get to be themselves, and that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't. You don't really see people being real. Um, so that's why I have you on the show, because you're a real person, and you have Just really kidding. been there. This is where yeah. I, ri- I, I rip off my mask. Yeah. Um, but no, you have been there for me since the beginning, and I think it's really uh, fucking weird that I've known you this long, and yeah. that I've had so many uh, lives, I feel like, that I've lived, and that you've lived, and it started with depression, and it's ended here, and will continue. So I think and, that that's really cool. And I love when I know people for a long time, as I've known you for a long time, on a very cursory level. Yeah. Right? And I might have whatever impression of like, oh, she's this. Right. And then it's like, oh, she's more. And then now, the now, now we've become we've become friends. Yeah, yeah. Like not just like, oh. I, well, I mean, I was we 15. Were, you were 15, right. <laughs> But I'm just saying like... No, but I mean, we have grown and you have seen yeah. me now in a very different situation and you 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 know me differently. Yeah. And now you can see what my purpose is in this world yeah. and that mental health means the most to me as it does to you and how we can come together and kind of share that message in its own unique way. So Beautiful. I love you. Emotion. Now support.